Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, beautiful people. Y'all already know what it is. It's your boy D Wood, and this is the Bringing the Wood podcast, the soon to be number one sports podcast in the world. You speak it into existence, and this y'all coming. I'm claiming it now. Man, it was a great opening episode last week. It felt real good to to be back in the recording booth. Uh, just getting it in, man, talking sports. I mean, I talk sports all the time, but it feels good to be able to, you know, speak to speak to the masses of people, man. And um, it was a bang. It came out the gates real live last week. We had KD asking for trades, Kyrie uh, trying to get to L.A. We KD only want to go to two teams. It was just, it was, it was wild. It was wild. It was wild. But um, after another week has passed, it's kind of simmered down. The trade talks have simmered down a lot. Um, it's uh still still around. It's still other teams in talks trying to trying to get in there, but the Suns is kind of looking like it's not gonna happen at least as of right now with DeAndre Aiden signing his uh four year hundred and thirty three million dollar uh max extension. Well, initially he signed it with the Pacers, but the Suns matched the offer sheet. If you don't know what that is, it's just basically like the Suns own the rights to DeAndre Aiden for drafting him. So when he becomes a free agent whatever offer another team uh, makes on him, they have uh, 48 hours to match that offer or he'll go to that team. Obviously, the number that the Pacers gave Aiden was, wasn't was uh, too high enough to where the Suns felt like it wasn't worth bringing him back because at the end of the day, you don't want to lose the person you took round one, pick one for nothing. He literally would have been gone for nothing. He would have just signed with the Suns. I mean, he would have just signed with the Pacers, and that kind of would have been that. And then everybody would have been like, the Suns didn't get better, which would be true. So by signing him, two things happen. One, you still can trade him now. You know what I'm saying? Just not as soon because when you sign a tender, now he can't be traded until I think it's July. Not July, but January 15th of next year is when he'll be eligible to be able to be traded. But that means he got to kind of play games for the Suns, right? So I'm not really sure how that's going to work. I'm not sure if we're going to be in on that. But then again, it's the NBA. It's wild right now. Maybe we wait and trade later. We try to see if the Ben, Kyrie, and KD thing could work, which I think it can. I like the players. I like the way they match. I definitely think they could play together. But again, it comes with coaching. And again, like y'all know, I'm not sold on Steve Nash. I was a Kenny Atkinson fan, so I'm definitely not sold on that at all. I like uh I, I definitely like what we what we got if we keep this unit. This is a uh, I like the unit. We got a little bit of everything and and this takes the ball out of KD hand as much. He can play a little bit more off the ball same with Kyrie because Ben's a tremendous a tremendous ball handler and facilitator. And he helps play defense, which KD has become a better defender. Him and Ben, that could be something decent. But as far as trading to the Suns, like I said, I'm not sure. That's on pause or on hold. But you still got teams like the Miami Heat out there. You still got the dubs lurking. They saying there's rumors that Curry reached out to KD already and they had a conversation. Not saying it was about trading, but probably just had a conversation to uh, check the temperature of the, of the water. Even see, like, hey, are you really even trying to be traded? Like, I feel like that's something Curry and Kevin Durant is a conversation they could have. Like, I feel like it probably ain't going to be said exactly like that. But I'm pretty sure if they've talked. Curry has a, a view of what Kevin Durant is thinking. You know, not a full stand because nobody knows KD. He all over the place. But I'm pretty sure he'd be honest with Curry to be like, hey, I'm thinking this, that, and the third. It might go something like this. You know, how would you feel coming back? I feel like those are, you know, all the little nuances and things that are going to be 
looked at as as a this uh Kevin Durant saga is what we gonna call it as it stretches his way out. And you know, uh and Kyrie on the other hand, I'm not really sure. Like I said, the only one I keep hearing is the LA trade, but again, I don't Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant doesn't sound like a, a successful team. Even though Kevin Durant and Westbrook have made it to a finals together. So, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible, but especially now in the age they in, it's just it's you know, we're in a different time now. So I I just think like nah. And that's where I'm at with let's just keep them all. Let's rock. And let's try this again and let's go with the team we you know, before we had to trade to get Ben Simmons to James Harden. But let's go with the team we were going into the playoffs with that we can have high expectation with. Now Nash get a full offseason to coach him. They all will be, well, if, you know, if nobody gets traded, they all will be here. They all healthy. And let's go. So that's where I'm at with it. But, again, it's still early. Uh, it's still a bunch of teams still hitting us up, trying to see what's up. Like you said, it's, it's Kevin Durant. Like, you know what I'm saying? This man's one of the top five best players in the league. He's one of the greatest players of all time. One of the greatest players of our generation. So, you know, he he going to be a high commodity until we just be like, yeah, no, nah, we're not trading him at all. And again, he said he won't out. So it's going to be a, 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 a fragile situation. I'm going to just keep you updated as much as I can until we get a uh, conclusion to, you know, if they if they stay or if they go. And I'm going to keep you updated until then as y'all <laughs> Brooklyn Nets correspondent because y'all know I love me the Nets. So I'll be y'all Brooklyn Nets correspondent for the for the next upcoming days until until tip off. And then once it's tip off, man, whoever on the roster, let's go try to win one. So that's kind of like how that's going to go. And uh, I digress because we could talk Nets all day and they going to kind of be the hot topic over the next few weeks, like you said, with all of the stuff going on. But it's been it was some more moves that didn't happen in the week in the last week. And like I said, if you was paying attention to last week's episode, I was talking about Dame Lillard not signing that extension, that two year extension for hundred and twenty two million. And then literally the next what, day, maybe two days later, he ended up signing the extension. And again, my theory was he didn't want to sign the extension until he knew that they were still uh, playing in his best interest to help him win the championship and not going into rebuild mode. Because at the end of the day, Dame Lillard ain't at the age where he can go into a, a rebuild mode. You know, maybe he could do some retooling. You know, we can retool and reshape the team, add some new players like they did with Grant and like they did through the draft with the young guy from Kentucky, uh, 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 Sharp. So I know they're going to they're gonna definitely try to do things like that, but it's like, Dame Dame is about his money, so I, I I can never be mad at that. Get your bread. But as all NBA fans know, man, ain't nothing going down in Portland. So unless they can strike it rich and really hit for somebody, it's gonna be hard for Dame Dollar to get a title in Portland. You know what I'm saying? But again, if he ain't tripping, we ain't tripping. He's still gonna be a Hall of Famer. He's a top seventy five player. So like you know, like nobody in the NBA. Gonna look at Dame a little different if he don't win no ring, cause everybody know Dame Dame go out there and and put in work and he busts his ass from start to finish and he play as many games as he can as much as he can. Uh, even this season, bro, he only played in twenty nine games, but he still averaged twenty four points, seven assists, shot thirty two percent from three, which was his career low, and forty percent from the field, which was career lows, and that's some dudes. Career highs, 
32% from three or 40% from the field. So, like, Damian Lillard is still a top player in this league when healthy and with a good team around him. So, it's not that he can't win a championship, that he's not a championship caliber player, but I'm not sure if the organization he's playing on is on that level yet, whether it's because they can't draft well or well enough. They drafted well enough to draft Dame, so they obviously seen talent in him, but you got to try to do it again. They got McCullum, so we know they're good at drafting talent, but they just got to draft the right amount of talent to turn them into a championship team. And obviously the West not getting no easier. You know, everybody's getting better. Everybody's getting stronger. Um, well, the Jazz running, they taking a step back. We're going to talk about Donovan Mitchell also, too. So, you know, we'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, potentially being traded from the Jazz, which is possible. But, like I said, um, we all love Dame. So, if he ain't tripping, like I said, we ain't tripping. He, I ain't got nothing bad to say about Dame. But, again, if you want to win the championship, you know what it takes. He a real one. He throw back, so he like... I'm going um, to ride out with my team, and that's fine. Like, you know, do that. But you know the consequences, man. Just riding out, you're going to end up being, you know, just that dude, a baller who never won one. But again, you first ballot Hall of Fame, so ain't nobody going to discredit you. Like I said, you a top 75 player. So, Dame signs his two-year extension. He going to be in... Portland, I think it's till 2027, 2026, 2027, something like that. Um, by that time, if he play out that contract all the way, I just think he should just sign again and be a trailblazer forever, get his jersey retired, get a statue, the whole shebang shabazz. But maybe if in like a year or two he see that it ain't going where it's at, maybe he can get out, try to get a trade and get somewhere and still be Dame time, Dame. You know where he's still a factor, and he ain't just like this journeyman trying to scramble for a ring, like we've seen a bunch of players do after they took a bunch of money on one team and was just the the face of that team. And then you know, once your contract is up and you're not that good, you're trying to scramble to these title contenders and get you one to solidify your career. Everybody don't get lucky and be able to do that and win one. You know, a lot of times you gonna you know catch the short end of the stick. But again, I'm rooting for Dame. I would definitely love for him to win the ring in Portland. He's that good of a player. Obviously, as a Bay Area native, uh, you know, it's it's nothing but love for, for Dame Lillard. So, again, congratulations to Dame signing that two-year extension for $122 million. Get your money. Black man set up some generational wealth for you, your family, and your family's family to come. And uh, good luck this season. Get healthy, man, because... Hoop ain't the same without you out there. For real, for real. 29 games ain't enough. We're going we gonna to need some more of them about your day. And, uh, and then other news, though, uh, another team that keep trying to get better, who was just in the finals, the Boston Celtics, right literally, right after we got off the air, the next day, bam, they traded and got Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers. And they literally, like, traded nothing. They traded four players who who in the playoffs probably combined played 20 garbage time minutes in a first-round pick and got uh, Malcolm Brogdon, arguably uh, the Pacers' best player. Like, you know, either him or maybe the young kid Halliburton. But Malcolm Brogdon, we've seen Malcolm Brogdon be a tremendous player. I feel like the Celtics won on this trade, and they won left, right, up, down. all Like, they won, won this trade. Malcolm Brogdon last season averaged, uh, what, 19? 
19 points per game. But over the his last three seasons in Indy was 16, 21, and 19. He shot 37% from the three-point line. He averaged six point uh like seven assists a game. So and that that went up every year. His assists went up every year from his rookie year in Milwaukee when he won rookie of the year. He's also one of the only few people a part of the 50, 40, 90 club. Like this is a, a bona fide playmaker that they've added to their team. And I'm interested to see who they walk out there as a lineup because Malcolm Brogdon is not a bench player. I'm not saying he can't be one. You know, I don't think he wouldn't mind on this team and the championship team. So if that was like, hey, we want to start smart. So, you know, you're going to have to come off the bench. Him and him and uh, Derek White, that could be a crazy combo. But I think Malcolm Brogdon's better than Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart just won defensive player of the year, so he's a better defender. But Malcolm Brogdon's a really good defender. He guards the best players on, on the opposing teams every night also, while still having to be one of the team's better scorers and one of the team's better facilitators. So uh, I, I can't wait to see how Coach Emmy uh, Odoka walks this out uh, come come next season. This, this shall be interesting. This is a... a this is what we would like to say. This is a good problem to have. Because, like I said, Malcolm Brogdon is a, a really, really good player, y'all. If you know, you know. Like, he's a good dude from Milwaukee to Indy. He's, he's been good. And I think he only makes this team better. Again, is somebody about to be traded? That's possible. I don't know. But Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Malcolm Brogdon. Marcus Smart, like them, them dudes is that's that's four nice dudes, and 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 still, and Derek White was the first man off the bench, so that would move him down. Like you know, we talking about a whole lineup change. So, are they gonna play small? Are they going to play small at points and times during the game? You know, Tatum played a lot of four at Duke. I don't know if they want him down there for long periods of time playing the four, but. They got a lot of options. Like I said, it's a good problem to have. This ain't no bad problem. This is more so it makes it interesting in Boston. They realized that what they were lacking and what they were lacking in that playoffs in the finals to be uh, specific was playmaking from the point guard. Marcus Smart's good, but he's more of like a role-playing point guard. You know, he can come set your play up, but he's just going to set the play up to get and get it to the you know who it's supposed to get to. Malcolm Brownlee can actually take his man off the dribble and create for himself and create for others. So, like I said, this is a this is a good problem to have. It shall be interesting to watch Boston this year. But I feel like they gotta make more moves. But then again, they could they could keep it like this. I feel like they crowded. So maybe maybe we can see moves to come. It was a little rumor that Jalen Brown wanted to be uh, traded because he didn't want to be second fiddle to um, Jason Tatum. I'm not sure how true that is. I ain't read. I ain't. I seen it on like a um, like a little fake page website. I ain't really seen it from like no true true sports people. I need a sports analyst that I be checking. They you know all they network. So it's it's still up in the air. I'm not I'm not speaking on that. I'm not saying that's real or that's true or anything. That could just be something they posted to try to get something popping. 
But what I do know is the Boston Celtics got a hell of a backcourt full of guards and forwards who can all uh, play, make, and uh, create for others and create for themselves. And they realize that they have to get better because the East is still getting better. Everybody getting better around them. And stand in place, even though you made it to the final, stand in place in the league like this is is just as bad as going backwards or losing somebody because everybody's getting better every day. So the Celtics definitely are trying to stay in, stay in front and lead the pack because they know Milwaukee going to come creeping up because they went seven with Milwaukee and they had no Chris Middleton. So they know they still got a ways to go to try to get back to the finals and uh, change their fate from last season. But I definitely like the move, Malcolm Brogdon, to Boston. Hell of a move. Shout out to uh, uh, Coach Ndoka and um, the Celtics organization. They always make great moves. That's what kind of what they do. And that's why you be good and be great for this long. And now we're going to talk about the big fish. Donovan Mitchell. He didn't ask for a trade. But he said he wasn't tripping if he get traded. Jazz said they wasn't trading him. Then all of a sudden, they was in crazy trade talks. And now they in deep conversation with the Knicks. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, all right. I I, I seen him throw out the first pitch at the Met, at the Mets game. So, you know, that's one of them hidden signals you throw out there. I'm um, pitching for the New York Mets. You know what I'm saying? Throwing out their first pitch. And they wrote, and they orange and blue. So, you know, like the Knicks, it's one of those things you throw out like, hey, y'all, you know, here. If y'all is going to trade me, look, I wouldn't mind going to New York. But the question is, what would they be getting if they were to trade them to New York? Would they get R.J. Barrett in return? Would they get Julius Randle in return? Um, they just signed Mitchell Robertson back. I'm not sure if he's tradable right now. I'll have to go look into that. They just signed Jalen Brunson. We know they're not trading him. Um, they got a bunch of young dudes on the roster that they've been stacking for the last couple of years with all the picks they've been having. They traded all their picks in the draft this year for future picks. So, I mean, you know, they could offer uh, R.J. Barrett and, you know, and, and, and what, seven picks, maybe uh, three, four picks and three pick swaps. I think they traded five picks and got got five picks from Minnesota, five picks and three players for Rudy Gobert. So I'm thinking Donovan Mitchell is going to be somewhere in that ballpark, if not a little higher. So seven picks, you know what I'm saying, two to three players. And the Knicks did just trade Nolan's Noel and Alec Burke uh, over, the, uh, over the week to create more cap space because they had Brunson and they're trying to create more space because they're trying to get Donovan Mitchell if he's available. So. It would be a good pickup for the Knicks, depending on what they have to trade. If they don't got to trade any of they, obviously it's going to be Brunson and, and Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt. But if they can keep either, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind trading R.J. Bird. I'm a Duke fan, and I still ain't sold on R.J. But they can trade R.J. and maybe, you know, Knox or 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 Obi Toppin, I love Obi, but you know Obi Toppin or or Julius Randle, and they might rock with Obi Toppin because they drafted him so high. You give me, you know, they gonna give him RJ and Julius and throw him some picks and get Donovan Mitchell because the Jazz look like they're pointing towards rebuilding. That's why they getting so many picks. It's like yeah, we're just gonna get picks. We got a new head coach. Let's just let him build the team how he wanted so he can be here for the next 10, 15, 20 years like the last coaches. So it's definitely a good look. 
I definitely could see that. But, you know, me, uh, obviously we can't get him. But I would love to get Donovan Mitchell. But I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant ain't trying. If we could trade Kyrie over there, I would. Yeah, pretty sure we, Kevin Durant ain't trying to go to Utah if Donovan Mitchell's not there. So cancel that out. But, you know, I like the Miami Heat. They can try to get in there and get him. They got a lot of they got a lot of uh uh pieces they can trade. They got a lot of picks. They didn't racked up a lot of picks over the last couple seasons. So they could trade a bunch of picks over there with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robertson and a mix of players like that. Try to get Donovan Mitchell and pair Donovan Mitchell and Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio, goddammit. That's that's a nice team heading into the playoffs, you know? That'll that'll take a lot of pressure off of Donovan and Jimmy for real, for real. They they'll help each other out. I really like that one. And then um another sleeper team. This is kind of uh just me throwing out something. How would y'all feel if the Clippers traded Paul George and some picks and a player and got Donovan Mitchell? Do you think that would be an upgrade? And we talk about Kawhi Leonard and Donovan Mitchell now and the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? They give them Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Or Terrence Mann throwing some picks. Uh, Zubox. Like, they got a bunch of assets over there in L.A. You know what I'm saying? You throw out a couple players like that. A couple picks. And now you got Donovan Mitchell and Kawhi Leonard. Man, Donovan Mitchell, 26 points per game. Five assists. Shot 38% from the field. 33% from the three. Like, man, him and Kawhi Leonard. That could could, could be a a nice tandem backcourt. That could make some noise. Um. Again, it's all early ex- early speculation on the Donovan Mitchell stuff. They say they say it's just Jazz and Knicks have just been in talks right now. But it's like once it's official, official that they're trying to trade Donovan Mitchell. I feel like more teams will start to you know what I'm saying. Hey, make that call, pick up that phone, and start to uh really really put the pressure on the Utah Jazz to get Donovan Mitchell out of there and get him to a new situation. Which I'm pretty sure, which would be good for the NBA, just to see Donovan Mitchell in something new, because he been he been in Utah and it's been a lot of up and downs, a lot of high seas and early exits. So maybe it's time for a change of scenery. Don't look like you said after they traded Rudy Gobert, we knew they wasn't bringing nobody in with the stuff they got back for him. So that that kind of made it look like they might be slowly going into like they see they finna just blow this up and rebuild, send Donovan Mitchell somewhere else, let him catch his breath. And a breath of fresh air somewhere else and uh continue to uh elevate his career to the next level and try to go out and get him an MVP or a championship. Whatever comes first. But uh yeah, like I said, I'll keep y'all updated on all of the Donovan Mitchell talk. You know, I'll be posting on my Facebook. Uh, I'm about to get my Instagram going. I'll get all that information out probably next week once I get it all up and running. Cause uh it'll be more ways to interact and uh, be able to talk to y'all and just uh, field y'all questions, comments. Maybe y'all got a topic y'all want to hear me talk about. Maybe you want to get on the show. So I'm a, um I'm working on getting my social media game up. You know, I'm fake with social media illiterate. So <laughs> just let me work on that. Give me a little time and build that up. And uh, it's gonna be straight once we once I once I get up and running. It'll be it's gonna be real fun for everybody. We gonna all be involved and. It shall be, uh, like I said, man, soon to be the, the best sports podcast in the world, man. I'm speaking it into existence. But uh, I do, before, before I go to break and go pay a couple bills and let my sponsors do their thing, I do want to talk about the Summer League a little bit. I talked about the rookies because it was only like a game or two in. I just talked about the top five picks. Real quickly, I'm going to just talk about a few players that I've been watching in the Summer League balling 
in the summer league. Two of the dudes aren't rookies. One of them is a rookie, but he wasn't in the top five. So uh, 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 Moses Moody from the from the Warriors, he averaging twenty nine points a game or twenty seven points a game, shooting thirty eight percent from three, and he had literally like two games where he didn't drop thirty plus points. He's shooting the ball well. He's slashing. He looks really really good. And um, and Kaminga averaging twenty five, and he's not even one of the three people. But I'm really talking about Moody because Moody really looks. He looks like he's taking it serious. He looked like he's taking the offseason serious. He look uh, he looked more in shape. He was always kind of bigger, but he got a little little tone on him now. Um, he shoots the three well with ease. He can get to the rim. He defends better. Like and those are just those things you want to see with a young player. Like yeah, it's summer league, so I'm not jumping out the window on it. But it's like hey, he's showing that when the Warriors call on him this year because he's definitely going to get more minutes. They lost a lot of players. They lost three or four of their key role players. So. Kaminga and Moody and, and Wiseman, all these dudes about to start getting more minutes. So Moody's trying, just trying to show, you know, the staff, I'm I'm ready for that. I'm ready for more minutes. I'm ready for some more pressure to show y'all why y'all drafted me so high last year. And I, I, I want to give him a shout out. Obviously, as a barrier kid, I be fucking with the dubs. So shout out to Moody. He doing his thing. And then I got to swing it to Brooklyn because Cam Thomas, who we took last year late in the first round, he was uh, as a uh, freshman coming out of LSU, led the nation in scoring. He had some ups and downs for us early in the season. He played a lot of minutes for us. We were trying to see if he can manage towards the end of the year. He fell off, started getting about eight to ten minutes. But uh, this year in the summer league, he's looked good. He leads summer league in scoring at 28 points a game. Uh, he's not really shooting the three that well. He's just a, a natural scorer. Uh, he's really good at getting to the rim. He he can get to the rim at will, and he's been really getting to the rim at will in summer league. And he's either getting get going to the line, getting fouled, or he's making the bucket, and it looks good. And I do think we're going to put more pressure on him. He'll probably be our first guy off the bench, him or Nick Claxton, unless we start Claxton. So I definitely think Cam Thomas is going to be. I don't know if he's going to be on the six man of the year list, but he'll be he'll be our six man. In due time, as a, just a scoring punch off the bench for us, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing the growth that he made, and another year in the NBA, another year growing. And like I said, he's making big strides in the summer league. He's the long reason why my Nets be looking good out there in the summer league, partially. So shout out to Cam Thomas. Continue to do your thing and who. But the guy I want to give big credit to, he a rookie. He was pick, I think, eleven, seven, eleven. To the Pacers and it's Benedict Matherin, bruh. He uh he played like the three, two or the three out of Arizona. He averaged 19 points, four rebounds. He's shooting 38, almost 39% from the three in the summer league. Bruh, I don't know if y'all watch Summer League, but just go watch some of the Indiana Pacer highlights in the summer league. He gonna pop out. I ain't even gotta tell you his number or what he looked like or nothing. You gonna see it when you put it on. He defends. And I, I, he defends well. He can shoot the three. He slash. He play make. And the only reason why I even started really even paying attention to him more is that Arizona. I didn't really see him like that. But when he got drafted, he was he had you know he had a little tweet about saying how he wanted to guard Kevin Durant and LeBron. Like he wanted to show them that he's the next big st- next big thing. So obviously you put that spotlight on yourself. So I instantly was like. Oh, I gotta see. I just gotta see if you even gonna look good in summer league. Like you talking like this, you better you better ball out in summer league. 
check. He balling out in summer league. He really, he really looked nice. So if you get a chance, check out Benedict Matherin from Arizona. He played for the Pacers. Pacers got a nice little young team over there. They got some youngsters over there. Obviously, they ain't making no playoffs or nothing like that. But I like the pieces they didn't got. You got Halliburton over there. Uh, they got Chris Duarte, who they drafted last year. You got Matherin, who that's probably going to be their one, two, and three. And then Buddy Hill, the OG vet coming off the bench. They still got Miles Turner. So they got a decent little team over there. They uh, got Rick Carlisle as the head coach now uh, coming over from Dallas. Good experience. Um, so I definitely think uh, they they moving in the right direction with the players and pieces they're putting together and putting around them. So just I just wanted to give him a little time. He's wanted to play outside the top five, um, who's been who's been very impressive in the summer league. And uh, if you haven't seen him, like I said, go 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 check out Benedict in the summer league, or even go look at his highlights at Arizona. The kid can play. But um, I'm about to pay a couple bills. And uh, let my sponsors do their thing because they're the ones who pay me. And we'll be right back after this. And we're going to go ahead and switch it over to the NFL. We're going to talk training camp. We're going to talk franchise tag deadline, which is today. And we'll get into the uh, NFC and AFC West, which is probably like the two most powerful divisions in the NFL right now. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome back, people. It's the Bringing the Wood podcast. And I am your host, D. Wood. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. It's been a nice episode, beautiful episode, and we are about to smoothly transition into the greatest sport on earth, football. And not only any football, the National Football League. We're talking training camp. Training camp is among us. Training camp start, what, next week for most teams? Anywhere between the 21st and the 26th. Everybody should be in camp. Camp should be rolling. Everybody should be getting ready to do battle. But it's a few players that ain't going to be showing up to camp because of that paper. And we're talking franchise tag players. Today, the franchise tag deadline, we still got four players who uh, well, two of them haven't signed. The other two have just officially signed. So uh, Mike Gusecki, tight end for the Dolphins, he uh, just signed his franchise tag with the, uh, with the uh, Dolphins for... million him and then the tight end for the Cowboys Dalton Schultz also signed his franchise tag for 10.9 million but the two that are about to shake it up a little bit is Jesse Bates from the Cincinnati Bengals who got a 16.1 million dollar franchise tender but he ain't signed it and the thing with that is when you don't sign it now he don't gotta show up and he won't be in trouble. So like when he if he if he hold out, what you were saying he is, he can hold out without being fined because he ain't signed nothing. So that that's gonna be interesting to see. I think Jesse Bates is a, a a good safety. I'm not sure if he a great safety. I don't know what his asking number is, so I can't I can't really judge it like that. But again, I think he's a, a, a he's above average. Like you know, he may be top ten safety in the league. It's not heck of good safeties as is. I mean, it ain't heck of great safeties. But it's a bunch of good safeties, and I think he's like right on that borderline. And um, I think that's kind of why they drafted uh Daxton Hill from Michigan because he can play. He played all three positions: well, slot, corner, and safety, both safety positions at Michigan in his three years there. So. Kind of feel like they're going to just kind of slowly either try to put him in that position to take over that spot 
and they're just not going to pay Bates or Bates going to show why he worth that money and they're going to end up paying him, which is possible. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are more than likely sign Schultz. They usually send in their, their deals late, like right before training camp, try to get him a little deal, catch him slipping, offer him a number he can't refuse. And he'll probably get signed to a new deal. Gasecki, I'm not sure yet because this is a new regime in there. So they're going to probably see how he fits in their scheme. Because you're going to have to be able to block a little more playing uh, under under uh, Coach Daniels. Because you know he come from the Niners. So they're going to definitely run that ball. So you got to be able to block a little bit. So I definitely think they're going to wait it out for him. So I think he'll play his deal out. And then the craziest one is is Orlando Brown. I think it's like twenty something million dollar franchise uh, uh, tag tender. He hasn't signed yet, so he also could not show up if he wanted to, and it not be consequences. I don't understand why the Chiefs would trade for him if y'all didn't have a deal in place already, like for this, because you don't want this moment. He, this is this is why he left Baltimore because they were trying to stick him on the right and pay him as a right, but y'all stuck him on the left and still trying to pay him as a right. I don't really know how that works. Um, I definitely feel like he made y'all line better. He makes the line better. He's y'all have a great offensive line. Obviously, they could move uh uh what's the center's name? Joe Tooney, who they just signed last season. They can move him from center or guard. He can play tackle. He's not as good as Brown, but he ain't trash. Like he's a Pro Bowl player, so he can play tackle if Brown uh wants to hold out. So uh it's it's a lot of stuff that can go into that. Um, but those are the last four players who uh, haven't who well, that the tight ends are signing, and then the other two aren't. But these are the last players uh, of the franchise tag day. And like I said, today is the last day to sign. So we'll see how this goes. Man, hey, maybe when one of them get traded and get signed, anything's possible. Y'all already know it's it's already been a wild off season, and we literally about to get into that like right now because we about to start talking division breakdowns and. Like I said, we talking NFC and AFC West, and this these two are potentially two of the best divisions in the whole NFL. You know, it's a couple of other ones that we'll get into in the upcoming weeks that 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 will uh, beg to differ. Also, but this is a full total package from top to bottom. Like these, this a this a um this a nice set of teams right here. But we're gonna definitely start with, <laughs> in all due respect, the weakest one, and we're gonna start in. The weaker of the two, we're going to start in the NFC West and we're going to start in Seattle where they got their own little battle going with Drew Locke and Geno Smith, which is crazy. And they got to that point because, like we all know, they traded Russell Wilson, bro. We heard heard it was possible, but, you know, when it happened, everybody was like, oh, snap, they really traded Russ. Like, are they really about to... Move on, like it's 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 on. Then we seen Bobby get cut, and we'll get, we'll get into that when when we talk about where he signed to. But we we gonna focus on Seattle. So I'll talk about Russ when it's time. We are gonna talk about what Seattle got for us. They ended up getting Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, and if y'all don't know, Drew Locke's quarterback, Shelby Harris, a D tackle, Noah Fant, the tight end, two first, two seconds, and a fifth, and that was just for Russ. And that was a haul. So Drew Locke is still, we still don't know. He couldn't beat out Teddy right now. He might, he might not beat out Geno. So I definitely think Seattle's kind of just 
I ain't saying they tanking, but they gonna they gonna do it in a fancy way where it's like, look, whoever went out of these two dudes anyway, not gonna win a lot of games, so it don't even matter. Obviously, the sleeper is Jimmy G. We'll get to that when we get to the Niners. But Drew Locke, Gino, I think that he gonna play it out. They gonna let whoever went out of those two dudes win the job, and they'll win. You know. However many games they win, and they'll get a top pick because they got two first-round draft picks next season from in the deal from Russ. But they also added a couple players. They added uh, Marquise Godwin, journeyman wide receiver, speed demon, deep threat. Uh, Ochi Anawusu from the Chargers. He was a pass rusher. And then they had uh, Artie Barnes, the corner from the Steelers. So they didn't really add too much. Like I said, I kind of feel like they're just kind of waiting. They're going to rebuild through the draft and next year free agency. Because in the draft this year, they definitely they definitely hit in the draft. They got uh, 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 Cross. Chris, not Chris Cross. <laughs> Cross, the uh, left tackle from uh, Texas A&M. They got him pick nine. He's a plug-and-play player. He's going to start on either left or right. Just depends on what they do if they bring back Dwayne Brown to play left tackle. The rookie can play right until Brown's done, or you let Brown walk, plug the rookie in that left, and let him spin. Uh, he played both at Texas a and He's got great feet. And then two of their second-round picks, Boye Mafe, the pass rusher out of Minnesota, I think he's going to come in and immediately help help them on defense. Uh, instant impact player. He can come in and play right away, pass rush instantly. He can instantly come in and be a, just a third-down pass rusher for him and help out instantly. And then they also took Kenneth Walker in the Kenneth Walker the third in the second round. Also, who if if Penny and Chris Carson keep getting hurt, this kid will be the starting running back. If he don't end up being the starting running back outright, because you know Pete Carroll don't care where you drafted, how much I'm paying you. The best players are going to play with Pete Carroll. And Kenneth Walker was a boy at Wake Forest, but he was at Wake Forest, so nobody knew. Transferred to Michigan, led the country in rushing, won the dope Walker Award, second-round draft pick, 4-3 speed. He's a physical runner. He helps him out. He could end up being the starter. Like I said, if Carson and Penny keep getting hurt, he'll be the starting running back in due time. But my two favorite picks the Seahawks drafted were in the later rounds. And you know the Seahawks always hit in the later rounds. And one of them is a corner out of Cincinnati, Kobe Bryant, not Sauce Gardner, who went in the first round to the Jets, but his counterpart, Kobe Bryant, cornerback, and his name Kobe Bryant because of Kobe Bryant. Mama named him that. He wore number eight, the whole shebang shabazz. And he led the country in interceptions because when you got Sauce Gardner on your team, they got to throw the football somewhere, so they're going to throw it at you. He got beat too, but he made a lot of interceptions. He made a lot of plays. But when you're getting thrown at a thousand times and they putting it, they moving their number ones over there to you, you know you're gonna get beat. But uh he played, he held his own, and I about six foot, six one corner. He ran a slower 40, but you know in Seattle that cover three, you ain't gotta be fast, you just gotta be smart. And he's smart, he's in, he's instinctive, and he has great ball skills. As I said, he led the country in interceptions. I think it was seven, one, I think it was seven or nine interceptions, and he led the country. The kid can play. I think he'll end up being a starter, if not by end of season, by sometime next year. In another corner they took, in the fifth round, Tyreek Woolen 
out of Texas, San Antonio. He a corner about 6'2", 6'3". This kid can fly, though. Go put the tape on him. Nobody ran by him. Even at the Senior Bowl, nobody ran by him. 6'3", 2-something. Like 2, I think it was 2'10 when I went check. He ran 4-2-6 at the combine. 4-2-8 at the combine, which was the second fastest time out of all DBs. Hey, man. One thing Pete can do is he can find him some DBs in later rounds. So don't be surprised if these two dudes end up being either heavy rotational players or starters come season in. Like, for real, for real. Uh, I like what they did in the draft. Again, though, with all that being said, I still don't. They Like I said, they got Drew Locke and Geno. Unless Drew Locke going to show us something or Pete going to show us why he's such a good coach. You know, we I'm not going not coaching because coaching can make up for a quarterback as long as the quarterback ain't turning the ball over. But Drew Locke had a problem with turning the ball over and losing the ball. So I still only got him winning four games, six at best. So four and 13 or six and 11 for the Seattle Seahawks. Like I said, they drafted some good players, but man, they traded Russ, bro. That's that's a hit. And they still ain't signed DK yet. He on the last year, his rookie deal. Cause he wasn't the first rounder. It was only a four year deal. So we gonna we gonna see what that's gonna do. Maybe he end up being traded. Maybe they sign him to a deal. We'll we'll see soon enough. Obviously, you all already know. I'm gonna keep y'all updated with the football week to week. So it's it's gonna be all G. But the next team we gonna talk about and who I think gonna who gonna who gonna who could potentially take a little step backwards from where they were is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they made it to the NFC Championship game last year. And was literally an interception by uh, Tart and uh, a bad pass from Jimmy away from going to another Super Bowl. So we know that the team is talented. They got the Debo drama going right now, but Debo's still a Niner right now. So, you know, that still count. But um, they didn't make too many offseason moves. For real, they got uh, Tyler Croft, the backup tight end for the, for the uh, Bills. And the Bills and the Bengals, he played for them. Uh, they got him. He's a good blocker. He can be a good second, third tight end. Uh, help out. You know, George Kittle get hurt from all that physicality. So he can come in and he's played as a starter throughout the role. He's a good rotational player. He can play on special teams too. So good pickup. And then they did get Jadavius Ward uh, from Kansas City. Signed him to like a, a four-year deal. I think he's going to play very well. In this, in that cover two scheme, he can already and he can play man too. So um, I don't know who's gonna play on the other side, whether it's gonna be uh, Mosley or uh, or uh, Jason Verrett. But um, I do like I do like uh, Ward as one of those corners that they're gonna plug and play for sure. He's going to be in there. They lost Kiwan uh, Kiwan Williams, so I do wonder who's going to play in that slot for them. That's that he and he was a staple there for them. I, I thought they should have paid him and kept him. Um, they traded all their draft picks, not all of them. They traded most of their, they traded their first round draft pick um, in the Trey Lance trade up. So they didn't have a first for this year, but they did get Drake Jackson from USC, the defensive end, and they got Teron, De- Teron Davis Price, the running back from LSU. Um, I like I like uh, Price, the running back. He kind of reminds me of uh, Darius Geis. If y'all remember him, he played for the uh, Washington football team. I mean, Washington Commanders uh, back in the day. Kind of took some domestic violence. got kicked out the league. He reminds me of that. He's got like that buff build. Not too tall. He's probably like 5'10". 
But if Stocky built great breakaway speed. He can run block, pass block. He fits the Niners' bills. It'd be, it won't, don't be surprised if he ended up taking, <laughs> you know, Mitchell's job and Sermon's job. And, you know what I'm saying? And he's the new dude. So, it's you know how I go over there in Frisco. The running backs are a dime a dozen. But they all are good running backs. And I think he can help out. But uh, 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 Danny Grant, I mean, Danny Gray from SMU, I think he's going to be a tremendous help for them. Uh, he's a uh, SMU always got good receivers. I don't know if y'all know, uh, Procise, the one who plays in Baltimore, they really are good route runners out of the gate. They already are good route runners. And you know, San Francisco, they, they you gotta be a good route runner and good with run after the catch. And other, those are things that receivers from SMU excel at. Uh, Cole Beasley is another one that cut it off my head. Like SMU, good, good route runner and good run after catch. And so he, he's going to end up getting a lot of minutes. Hopefully he don't take him away from my boy. Uh, 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 what's the slot receiver name? I don't want to get his name wrong, but uh, he went to Tennessee College. But yeah, him. I can't think of his name. I I get I'll get it and I'll get back to y'all with it. But again, he plays slot receiver. He played a little outside at SMU. So Danny Gray is going to be a good pickup for the Niners. Um, another another guy who you can get the ball to quickly and he'll and he'll be able to do the rest. I'm not we still they still got Jimmy G um with Baker getting traded to the Panthers. Uh it's looking like maybe Seattle, but like again, I'm not sure if they're gonna trade Jimmy to Seattle, like right in the division, especially knowing that Jimmy ain't a slouch. So I don't know if you want to do that. Then again, like I said, I'm not sure if Seattle even really want that. But if they cut Jimmy G, then I could see Seattle signing him or him wanting to sign there because he'll have a chance to start. But a few teams that I think he can go to just on the undo that I'm not sold on their quarterbacks. One is Washington. Like, uh, I don't think I think Washington has a has great talent around the team. It's a great team. I'm not sold on Carson Wentz being that good. So if Jimmy could get to Washington somehow, talk uh Ron Rivera into getting him over there, if he gets cut. You know what I'm saying? Or if they can work out a trade, you can take a pay cut or something like that. And another team in that same division, the Giants. I know they got Danny Dimes, but like, man, he ain't showed too much. Not yet. So I definitely, I definitely think you could uh he could go there too. Obviously, staying in San Francisco. And if Trey Lance ain't ready, but I don't even think they want that pressure on Trey Lance of Jimmy being there, being behind him, like, hey, if you if you mess up, Jimmy's going in. So you kind of just want him to play free. So I definitely feel like Jimmy's definitely going to get traded. But to where right now, it's uh, still too early to tell. But again, he's he's just about to start th- start throwing the football next week. So we'll see in the upcoming weeks what they got. But again, I'm looking forward to seeing Trey Lance. Uh He's got tremendous upside, but I definitely think the Niners are going to take a step back. At best, they could repeat and go 10-7, maybe win 11 games, go 11-6, because they got a lot of healthy players back on defense as well. But if not, they take a step back and they go 9-8 and or maybe 8-9, and and uh, Trey takes some growing pains, and then he gets it together. But the talent is there for the Niners. Uh, like I said, talent top to bottom. They just got their quarterback away, as as as, as we like to say, a quarterback away. Um, but we'll switch over to the Cardinals now. The Cardinals, they had a little troublesome offseason. You know, uh, uh, D-Hop got suspended for the six games. 
for the uh, PEDs. Uh, lost Chandler Jones. That's that's gonna um, that's definitely gonna be something that they're gonna feel when the season starts. Uh, that's a bona fide double digit sack artist. Every season you can pencil him in for double digit sack. So I definitely think he's going to uh, he's going to be missed there. But they did trade and get Hollywood. I think that's a big pickup. You add that uh, with D Hop with AJ Green. Uh, with uh, with uh, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, you got your you got some weapons out there, and even with D Hop being gone, that's still some weapons out there. You still got uh, um, what's the running back name? Uh, oh, I'm having brain farts with everybody names. Connor, yeah, with James Connor, the James Connor, who what led the league in rushing touchdowns or total touchdowns with twenty something touchdowns. I like him. I, they added uh, Daryl Williams from the uh, char- uh, not Chargers, but from the Bears slash Chiefs to uh, just help out in the running game. Also signed Will Hernandez from the Giants to come in and play guard because they definitely need help at guard. That's where the pressure killer him at because Aaron Donald told them boys up <laughs> in that playoff game last year. So you definitely want to get get beefier at guard. They traded their first round pick to get Hollywood Brown. Um, I felt like maybe it was better receivers in the draft. Than Hollywood Brown, but why not get Kyler somebody he already familiar with, especially with him having the little uh, scrubbers of social medias of all cardinal stuff, the the pay me fiasco. So it is to just to like even that out and smooth that out. You go ahead and bring in his guy. So that's not a it's not a bad move at all. It's not a bad move at all. So good move. I think he helps out, especially like I said with D Hop. Being suspended for the first six games, you still need a playmaker out there. And why not it be somebody that he knows? They also drafted Trey McBride from Colorado State in the second round, who who on a lot of mock drafts was projected to be a late first to even a mid-first rounder. So him, Ertz, that's another weapon on the offense. So, again, they, they got tremendous talent out there. And then late in the third round, my favorite pick they had, it's another Cincinnati player. It's crazy, right? Cincinnati had a great draft. And his name, Majay Sanders, six foot six, 220 pounds. He weighed in at the combine at two, like 16. They didn't like that. Then at his pro day, he was 220, 221. They liked that. He put on muscle. Like I said, ran four, ran four, five at six, six. So they got a, a Chandler Jones lookalike, but I don't know if the production is going to be the same right out the gate. But definitely, I definitely like my Jay Sanders. I definitely think it's a big pickup uh, in the, for the draft for draft purposes. And um, I think the Cardinals will probably go ten and seven, um, maybe maybe twelve and five. Again, they went eleven and six last year. First round exit to the Rams, who are the Super Bowl champions. So you lost to the defending, you lost to the champ. So it's not a bad loss. It's like hey, we beat them, and we on our way. So a tight division again. The and uh, the Cardinals and the Niners could make the playoffs again, depending on quarterback play on both teams and uh, the Cardinals defense, because they really ain't made too many moves to get better on defense. So that's definitely something else we're going to watch out for in the upcoming weeks. And as the season starts preseason, just see what the Cardinals defense looks like, see if it'll take shape, because if not, it'll just be one team coming out of the NFC West and that'll be the defending champs, the L.A. Rams. And y'all know, uh, big Jalen Ramsey fan. I like Aaron Donald. Uh, congratulations, like I said, Stafford got him one. I'm not a super fan of him. 
uh, in his decision making. So, but uh, he's a good quarterback, and um, he definitely got the job done. And the Rams, the rich get richer, bro. They went twelve and five last year, and they, you already know. You remember uh, the owner wore the shirt at the parade saying "F them picks," and yeah, their first pick wasn't until the fourth round. But again, that ain't where they hit at. They killed in the free agency. Allen Robinson from Chicago, a, a bona fide number one wide receiver. Bonafide number one. Ben, he was the number one in Jacksonville, number one in Chicago, and he comes here and he can be the number two with Cooper Cup. You name me some number two corners, it's probably four of them in the league who gonna be able to guard him. They got Tutu Atwell, who I think gonna take a step forward this year. They're still talking about bringing back Odell. They uh still got Vance Jefferson. Like the, the, the boys is loaded. The boys is loaded. They added Bobby Wagner. Like, come on, bro. So now when y'all double teaming Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner gonna just run free in the, in the middle of the line. He's just gonna get the free free run at your uh, running back, at your quarterback, because you gotta put two dudes on Aaron Donald. All right, I see what y'all doing. I don't know where the Rams getting all this money from. I really think the owner coming out of his real life own pocket. Like, man, I I I got I I got two mil for you. I got two. I got two at the house. Hold on, let me go. Let me let me call the missus. I got two mil for you. She gonna bring it up right now, cause there's no way they got all this money to spend on all these players. Yes, I'm hating, but even though they didn't get to draft until the fourth round, bro, they still draft players who gonna potentially make plays on this team in their rookie years. Their first pick, uh, not even their first pick, their best pick, one of their best picks, the Kobe Durant, cornerback out of South Carolina State. He's a little undersized, probably about five nine, five ten. But he might mess around and be a starting slot corner come week one. He's, he, he, he led all HBCUs and interceptions with nine. The kid can play. He's got good feet. Got, ran a good 40 time. Uh, vertical jump. Broad jump. Good numbers. So he'll mess around and be their starting co- nickel corner as a rookie. Kyron Williams, the running back for Notre Dame. If he would have ran a faster 40 time, he could have went in the third round. Maybe even the second. But when you run 4-6, man, it's like you can't make a... And then you turn around and run just about the same time at your pro day. Yeah, nah, you fall. But the kid can run the football. He receive out the backfield. And he pass protect. You know, that's one of those things that a lot of rookies aren't good at doing. Coming out the gate, that's one of those things that'll get your minutes took away. And uh, he can do this at a high level uh, as a rookie. So I definitely think he'll come in. And I think he's going to take Henderson's job as that backup running back because he can catch the ball off the backfield, too. And when they see him on that field in preseason, that 40 time ain't going to mean nothing, man. Kyron Williams, he's going to be he gonna be a boy for real, for real. I, I definitely do think so. And I definitely think the Rams got better. Like, you know, re-sign Aaron Donald, re-sign Cooper Cup, re-sign Matthew Stafford, sign Bobby. You know what I'm saying? Like, they lost Vaughn, but... No disrespect. Like, he definitely helped. But they, they got better. These boys got better. And they, they trying to defend their crown. And I st- I got them winning this division. 13 and 4. Maybe even 14 and 3. They're that good. Like, y'all don't understand. That offense going to be explosive, dog. Like, explosive. They only going to get better. So, I definitely think the Rams going to take that and run with that for real, for real. And and I got Arizona in second. With the Niners in third and the Seahawks filling up the rear. But the Seahawks and the, I mean not the Seahawks, but the Cardinals and the Niners, literally, that I got them separated by a game. 
For real, for real. So it's it's really it's really anything goes. So it could potentially only be two teams, and I just think it all depends on the play of both teams' quarterback. Can Kyler Murray elevate his game in the second half of seasons? Because in the second half of the season, he's been bad the last two years. So can he elevate his game? And can Trey Lance come in and be consistent enough to get the Niners back to where they were last year? And that was an NFC Championship game. And like I said, a few plays away from going to the Super Bowl. We just watched Joe Burrow go to the Super Bowl in his second year. Who says Trey Lance can't be the one to do it next? The team is lined up, stacked up. You got Debo, George. They got boys. Running game going to be crazy. It's it's right there. Defense going to be a top 10 defense. Bosa, Ford, Kinlaw. Like, they got it. Warner. The, the, this is there. Can Trey Lance go out and they can play cons- consistent football for 17 weeks and, and, and get them boys back to prominence? We'll see in due time. I'm definitely excited to see. Like I said, these, these are going to be... Two of the outside of watching my Titans, these will be two of the most prominent divisions I'll be tuned into. And now we're about to get into the creme de la creme, the, the AFC West, where the big dogs play and the little dogs lay. And ain't no little dogs in this, man. Ain't no little dogs in this division. And unfortunately, I got to put somebody as the fourth. When you got four good teams, somebody got to be fourth. And I'm going to start with the Broncos. Just because I got to. They got the new quarterback. They they got the most new turnover, new coaching staff. It's the most turnover. So I'm going to put them at fourth. But y'all know how this could go. But they went 7-10 and 10 last year. Obviously brought in Danger Russ uh, in the trade. Got Randy Gregory. And a uh, sign snuck him from under the Cowboys' nose, hung into a lucrative five-year deal, $70 million, something like that. They ended up getting Ke- Kewan Williams from the Niners and DJ Jones from the Niners, the defensive tackle. So I definitely think Denver made strides to get better, like literally. Like I said, you added Dangerous. You, you letting everybody know, hey, we're here to play. We're not here to be in the backseat of this division. Not again. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. They drafted Nick Benito in the second round because they traded their first because they got rust. But Nick Benito was probably one of the three good players on the Oklahoma defense. There's only like three of them. And Nick Benito was actually one of them, probably the best one. He's going to come in. He's going to help rush the passer. Um, he's actually pretty good in the run also. So Nick Benito, they drafted Greg Deloach from uh, UCLA. He's a tight end. Obviously, with trade Noah Fant. And you're not sure how uh how what step Albert uh Obaquan gonna take. That's the backup tight end who's about to be the starting tight end since Noah Fan gone. You're not sure what step he's gonna take as being a full-time starter. So you get you a good tight end in the uh second round to um you feel me help out and increase that that tight end room and make it some competition. Cause uh, like I said, you know, iron sharpened iron. And then in the fifth round. One of those other three Oklahoma players. Uh, uh, I always say his name wrong. Daniel Turner Yale. I know that's not how I say his, how he says his first name though. But he plays DB for Oklahoma. He played safety more so. He played a lot of safety. He would come down and play like a, a, a sub linebacker too at Oklahoma. 
He wore number nine. He's pretty good. I think he'll be able to rotate in. He's not taking the spots of uh, Simmons or Kareem Jackson, but Kareem Jackson coming down a lot now in his older age and plays in the box, covers tight ends and running backs. So they'll probably be able to put in Turner Yale as that extra safety to come in and help when they go three safeties. So I do like that too. But the big fish is Russ. And they're expecting Russ. Not they, me too. <laughs> I'm expecting Russ to at least get them three wins by itself. So like we said, they was a seven-win team. I'm thinking they can get to 10 games, maybe even 11, because I like their run game. I like their receiving core. I think their offensive line got better. Um, was very. I think it was underrated last year, but you couldn't tell because the quarterback play lacked. So uh, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be real tight. It's gonna be real tight. And Denver is definitely uh, a team to look out for and a team to watch for. Russell Wilson and Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, the res- all the receivers, Hamler, Judy coming back now off the ankle injury. Uh, 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 Sutton fully healthy off the ACL. Like, they got some boys, and even Patrick then earned himself some money. Tim Patrick earned himself some money and became a baller, and now is a part of that rotation. So, Russ said he wanted to go somewhere and cook. They got the they got the Packers offensive coordinator as the head coach. You gonna get to cook. You gonna get to cook whatever you want, and you will be able to tell you if it tastes good or if it tastes trash, Russ. But you got out of Seattle. You got to a place where they finna let you cook. And, man, we can't wait to see, bro. Good luck. It's going to be lit. Like I said, I got them winning 10 or 11 games this year. And that could still be last in the division. Because the team I'm finna bring up next, who I got in second, who got finished in third. Again, they could, any one of these teams could finish first. So, don't take too heat to where I place them at. But just kind of hear out. I just want to give you the rundown of what they did and what they doing. And we're talking about the L.A. Chargers. They went 9-8 last year. We know they lost to the Raiders on a field goal to make the playoff. They got my favorite quarterback, Justin Herbert. Probably like my favorite, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league right now. It's probably Herbert. And he's I've been a fan since Oregon as a freshman. And uh, I just think he's a, tremaz- uh, a tremendous talent. And he's only getting better every year. And he wants to get better. And I think the Chargers see that. And that's why they're trying to put players around him and around the team so that once he takes that step, it's like, we got everything you need. Let's go get a ring. And um, I think he's that, that, that talented. Will he win one? I don't know. AFC is loaded. And that's not just in this AFC West alone. That's the whole AFC, you know, but I definitely think they made some good moves. They brought in JC Jackson, that corner, to be able to cover some of these talented receivers that I named on that Bronco team and that I'm going to name on the Raiders and Chiefs later. But they brought in J.C. Jackson. I think he's going to be a big pickup, plug-and-play corner. Him and Lil Ashanti Samuels. And sleeper, Bryce Callahan, who they brought over from Chicago, a great slot corner, going to come in and play slot. Now Ashanti Samuels Jr. don't got to go to slot. He can stay outside because we wouldn't even really play him that much at slot at Florida State. We played him a lot outside because he's an outside corner. He's just a little short. But now they got a slot so that he don't have to go in there. Still got Derwin James. They drafted uh, JT Woods in the second round out of uh, Baylor. Ball hawk safety. 
ran 4-3 at the combine. I think that's a tremendous pickup. Him and Derwin going to play well off of each other. Obviously, signed Khalil Mack. Do I even need to say anything about Khalil Mack? Everybody know about Khalil Mack. So, him and Bosa, that's going to be nasty. Uh, and they signed Sebastian Joseph Day going there from the Rams to play interior D tackle. Like, hey, Gerald Everett, uh, Gerald Everett at tight end, got him from the Rams. Hey, hey, Chargers making moves. It's gonna be it's gonna be a doozy. Like this division gonna be fireworks every week. I, I, one of the homies said they think that everybody gonna split. Nobody gonna win two games against the other team. Nobody gonna get swept. That's how tight to think the division gonna be. And and I might not. I'm, I I don't think I disagree. For real. Like just hearing them say it, it was like you might be right. Shout out to Scola Bean. Um, and they also took Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round. I'm not sure if he related to C.J. Spiller. They don't never say nothing about it, so I'm going to say no relation. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It's all good. But uh, he's out of Texas A&M, and he's a downhill running back. And um, I like Austin Eckler. I had him on my fantasy team. I like him. But he's more of an all-purpose back. So sometimes short yardage, he don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Goal line, he don't get it all the time. So you get you a little thumper, and I think he's going to take some carries from Eckler, but I don't think it affects the play of Eckler because he can be such a good receiving back out the backfield. He'll actually compliment Eckler, and Eckler probably will be even more explosive because he don't have to bang as much because now they got them a banger in the fourth round in Isaiah Spiller. Like I said, no relation to CJ. And again, I got the Chargers. They finished 9-8 and eight last year. I feel like they're going to win 11 games. I think they can win 10-11 games. And again, that's right there a game or two what I said about the Broncos. I got the Broncos winning 10, but they could win 11. And I got the Chargers winning 11, but they could win 10. They could win 12. Like, this division is going to be magical, bro. And like you said, we all just sitting and waiting patiently on it to happen. And uh, next, we're going to go with the Raiders. Raiders up next. Uh, I got them finishing second in the division. And I think they had an amazing offseason. Obviously, the Raiders... A lot of people got them projected to win the division. And that's not a wrong answer because the Raiders made it happen. They made it happen in the offseason. They, they traded to get Devontae Adams from the Packers. And we was like, what? That's what's happening? Bam, that, they let off with that. Then they signed Chandler Jones, Demarcus Robertson from the Chiefs. Now you got Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. They automatically become two of the better tandems in the league after they already had Crosby and Ngakwe, who were one of the better pass rushers in the league as a duo. So they only got better. Added Jalen Brown from the Titans. He'll help them in the middle. And then they got them a cover linebacker who can cover tight ends and running backs out the backfield, help on passing downs. I think he's going to be a tremendous help. Traded Ngakwe and got Rocky Sin because they needed cornerback help. Well, Arnett doing what he did. Um, we're still trying to see what Mullen's going to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sip this tea. Still trying to see what Mullen's going to do. And then they let uh, Hayward walk. So you're definitely going to need Rocky Sin to come in and play and play well early. But those are just some of their signings. I definitely think they're going to help out a lot. They took this running back named Zaire White. They called him Zeus White out of Georgia. He's a thumper. Obviously, they got uh, 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 Josh Jacobs. But again, Daniels didn't sign him. 
He also brought in Brandon Bolden. Um, he brought he signed two other running backs. So they got a lot of running backs in there. So, and this is Josh Jacobs' uh, contract year. So it's all up in the air. He can earn his keep or he can make him somebody somewhere else. But they added a bunch of running backs. So don't be surprised if you see somebody else in the backfield getting carries and Josh Jacobs' numbers diminishing. Don't mean he a bad player. It just means he don't feel what McDaniels trying to do because McDaniels don't really need an every down bat. You know, they got a bunch of backs that do a bunch of specific things. So sometimes it's just scheme fit. Don't think of it as Josh Jacobs as being, you know what I'm saying, trash or falling off or not good, man. Scheme fit is a lot. And sometimes you see the Patriots, they don't really use one specific back since like Coy Dillon, for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? So that's just kind of how that is. But again, I got the Raiders. Raiders won 10 games last year, made the playoffs, took that first round loss to Burrow and them, went on to go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, you take that on the chin. But I got the Raiders winning, either going 12-5 and five or maybe even 13-4. and four. And, like, that offense, Winfro, Waller, Adams, Jacobs, offensive line, nice. Like, bro, Car about to cook. Car about to do his thing. And all we going to be able to do is wait and see. Got better on defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, Raiders going to be a problem. But I still got the Chiefs winning the division, dog. They still the big dogs. Yeah, they lost Tyreek Hill, man. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. But they still got arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, Patty Mahomes. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not sold on that. They also did, they're not replacing Tyreek Hill, but you they brought in a bunch of good wide receivers, really good, to be honest. They also brought in Ronald Jones at running back from Tampa Bay to help out in the running game. Nice little speed back to go with Clyde Edward Allaire and his little slashy power. I think he'll help out a lot. Juju, I think Juju's going to be big for Kansas City. I think he'll end up having the best season out of all the people that they brought in. They brought in Marquez Valdez-Scanlon from Green Bay. Deep threat. second Ran the second fastest miles per hour last year behind Tyreek Hill. You catch they drift. They, they got something they trying to do. They also signed Justin Reed to replace Tyron Matthew. I ain't saying he Tyron Matthew, but Justin Reed's a damn good safety. He was a damn good safety for the Texans, and he'll be one for the Chiefs also. So it ain't going to be a big fall off, for real, for real. And um, they also hit in the draft. Added Trent McDuffie from the University of Washington, cornerback. He going to probably start because they lost Ward. So he going to probably be right there starting as one of the starting corners. And then the other first-round pick, George Office from Purdue, defensive end, plug-and-play on the other side of Frank Clark. He a run-stopper with pass-rush potential. And he's a bull rusher. He's big, strong. He going to definitely help stop the run. That's what he going to come out the gates and do, stop the run for sure. They took Sky Moore in the second round, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. That's who they think going to have the biggest year. I really think Juju going to surprise everybody. I think Juju and Nicole Hartman will be the breakout players for Kansas City. But they got so many targets is why I still think they're going to be good because now Patrick Mahomes ain't going to be looking for Tyreek Hill. He's going to just be looking for who open. And I think that makes some quarterbacks better. So, you know, I, I do think all these weapons they got, it's going to open it up. But to me, the best pick they got, Y'all going to catch the theme of this. It's another Cincinnati player, bro. Brian Cook. He played safety at Cincinnati. Three-year starter. Bro, ball hawk. He can play in the slot. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. He can cover slot receivers, too. 
I think he'll end up playing be, uh, being that third safety because he can play down in the box with Thornhill and Justin Reed. And if Thornhill have an injury problem like he's been having since his rookie year, don't be surprised if Cook take his spot. And again, bro, Kansas City, the big dogs on the block. I got them boys going 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. Still, yeah, I, and they went 12-5 and five last year. Yes, I think they're going to be better this year. I think they only going to get better, bro. I don't think they reached their peak. Yes, Tyreek Hill is going to going to be a hit. Obviously, I got this on wax, so we'll be able to come back to this moment, whether I'm right or wrong, and you feel me, and, and, and have this conversation towards the end of the season. But I just think all them weapons, bro, and they still got Travis Kelsey, who is – arguably the best tight end in the league and one of the best receivers in the league is just in catching the football and running routes and getting open and scoring touchdowns. So I, I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping the ship. I do think the Raiders got the best chance to steal the division from them because the Raiders always play them well all the way back to the beginning of the time. So I do like, I do like the Raiders, but again, I told y'all, bro, this division is separated by about two games. This division going to be fireworks, bro. Like, fireworks. So, again, I got Denver in fourth, Chargers in third, Raiders coming up in second, and Kansas City Chiefs winning the division for the AFC West. And for the NFC West, I got, uh, what's them boys' names? I got uh, the Seahawks in last, followed by the Niners in third, Cardinals in second, and the defending champs winning the division again. I think it's going to be a great season. Like I said, I think these might be the two best divisions top to bottom in the NFL, AFC and NFC. But one of the divisions I'll be talking about next Friday, going to have something to say about that, and that's the AFC and NFC North. The AFC North with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, uh, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. They might have something to say about being the best team, best division in the AFC West. Again, we'll talk more hoop next week. Uh, we're going to talk, like I said, AFC and NFC North. We're going to talk hoop, Kevin Durant saga, updates on Kyrie, update on Aiden, what's the next move. We're going to talk it all, man. Stay tuned. And college football coming up. So y'all know I'm a big college football junkie. I'll get into a little bit of college football, some of the big games that's going to be on opening uh, weekend. So stay tuned, man. This was a great episode. Thank everybody for tuning in. I went a little long, but, man, I got excited with these divisions. Hopefully, y'all still here listening. Shit, if you had to, skip forward to, skip back. I don't know. But, again, thank y'all for tuning in. This is the Bringing the Wood podcast. I'm the host, D. Wood, and y'all already know I just brought that wood.